0: Welcome to Witch Witch Podcast. Nettle here. Welcome to the darkness. Uh, happy Pride to all our queer and LGBTQIA plus uh, followers. Um, I'm hoping hoping you guys are having a good June, having a good summer, not melting to death, which I'm constantly on the verge of. Uh, uh, Lyra suggested that for our last episode in June, we do a... a uh, an episode focusing on the queer community in witchcraft or i guess witchcraft in the queer community i'm not really sure which way is the right way to phrase it uh as soon as she said it i was like hell yeah because i had i had terrible plans for an episode and and then within like two days of thinking about how to how to focus on this episode i was immediately like how the fuck am i gonna do this uh because i didn't really know where to start cuz it's not like there's there's a queer sect of witchcraft and it's insular and this is everything that goes into it uh but uh, but i did find a lot of interesting things that i want to i want to talk about with everyone and i found a lot of um i found a lot of books uh, i have not read any of them so be excited for some upcoming book reviews eventually because uh, I don't own any of them yet. And I'm a little scared to ask my library to purchase witchcraft books. Um, but soon, soon they will be coming. Um, trying to think. Because I hadn't... Before Lyra had brought it up, I've never really thought about um, being queer and into witchcraft. And I think part of that's because when I was really sort of digging my heels in and getting... Getting to the point that I wasn't just like, yeah, that's a cool thing to think about. That's into a this is something I'd actually like to do. I, I knew a lot of queer people who were doing witchcraft, um, who were either practicing witches, had been practicing witches at some point, or who at least dabbled in witchcraft. Um, so so it's 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 not something I've really considered because it's something I'm very used to and I'm very used to seeing. Um, but yeah, I, I hope I hope you guys are gonna enjoy this episode. So something I probably should have included in the intro, but I decided to include here instead because I shall never be mistaken for organized, uh, is just sort of discussing the distinctions between, um, personal distinctions between being queer, being a witch and being a queer witch. Uh, Between being queer and being a witch, it's a little weird for me uh, because I am in the broom closet. Uh, only, Only close friends know that I'm a witch. My family doesn't know, people at work don't know. On the other hand, I ha- I did um, – my close friends know that I'm a lesbian. Um, a few people I'm not as close to also know. And I've recently come out to the rest of my uh, immediate family. I came out partially to part of my immediate family a few years ago, panicked for a few years, and then finished coming out, basically. Um, so I'm in – as a lesbian, I'm in a position now where, like, I'm more comfortable being out and being open with my, open about my sexuality, even though oftentimes I don't actually tell people. Um, the nice thing about coming out to my immediate family is now at work, if somebody starts to ask me about a boyfriend or a husband, I can feel more comfortable being like, not being like, oh, no, I'm just not dating, to, no, I don't have a girlfriend right now, which I'd previously been afraid of because I was afraid the rest of my immediate family would... It would. They would find out before I could tell them, basically, because I I wanted to come out on my terms. As a witch, I don't in, I don't really intend to come out. As I've spoken of before, mostly just because in general, it's safer for me. Um, I don't have a lot of family left, and I don't really want to ostracize myself from the remaining family I have. A work wise, I I I don't even want to think of what it could entail on a technical level i'm not worried i would lose my job but i feel like it would make the environment very uncomfortable just considering some of the people i work with um as a queer witch i've honestly not really thought about how that that's really distinguishing until i started reading people talking about it and discussing their their takes on witchcraft as a queer person (laughs) and gosh um, and something I probably should have gone and stated before I use queer a lot. It's a term I'm comfortable with, and I'm very sorry if you're not, um, cause I understand that I understand why you're not comfortable with it. If you aren't, um, it's, I've never had queer used as a slur against me. I've never had queer used as a slur around me. Um, it's, I've mostly been influenced from queer as, as a facet of queer theory and queer literature, just like in, in the naming, um, so it's not something I'm uncomfortable with and I feel like it's a nice, easy term to sort of encompass a lot of people. Um, so if you're, in, sorry, my, my pup is not happy with me talking. Uh, if you're, if you're not comfortable with the term, I apologize. Um, it, it is one I'm comfortable with. So that's one I, I tend to default to, um, but as a queer witch, I've not really thought about it. And I guess, I guess that's going to be something I'm going to be doing this year is just sort of focusing in on what that means for me. Not that I really know any other way to be a witch, because it's not like I can separate myself from my craft. Uh, Moving on, though. <laughs> hey, stop that. You're okay. Uh, Moving on, I found a lot more books than I thought I would, which I was pretty excited about. I've not read any of them, so I can't actually give any, like, reviews on the books, uh, but one is Queer Magic Power Beyond Boundaries by Lee Harrison and Ty Finnick-Kaliston, um, which, as always, if I'm mispronouncing your name, I apologize. I'm an idiot. Uh, there's also Casting a Queer Circle, Non-binary Witchcraft by Thista and I. And oh, there's a couple more queer magic. Oh wait, let me make sure that's not the one I just said. It's not. It's not. Okay, queer magic, <laughs> LGBT plus spirituality and culture from around the world by Thomas Prower. And arcane perfection, an anthology by queer trans and intersect witches by oh, by Cutline's Press. And give me a sec, cause it's not giving me the whole name. Oh no, it was. uh And edited by Dylan C. and Pat Mosley um these books they sound interesting is why i'm mentioning them Uh, a few of them are on sale which is why i wanted to name them even though i'm not reviewing them today uh there's also which i also haven't oh and i haven't like looked up like explicitly every queer or lgbt witchcraft book those are just a couple i found that sounded interesting uh there's also a podcast called the queer witch podcast which i have not listened to yet i actually just found out about it a few days before i recorded this i have it saved so i can listen to it later it sounds very cool based on reading the descriptions they sound fairly organized so that's an exciting thing to look into uh, to be experiencing soon uh and there was when i was when i was researching i did have a lot of things where i would run into a lot of like media rather than actual witchcraft a lot of queer witches in books and shows and movies um and I mean like some of some of the articles I looked at which I'm not really going to discuss past this uh they they talked a little a little bit in at least some of the cases about witches perspectives of the of the films and shows and whatnot um which which is good that's a smart thing to include but that's not what the focus of the article was so it's not what I'm so I, I didn't really focus in on them uh it also led me to complete confusion because I didn't even think about that when I first started looking into it. In addition to pop culture talking about uh, witchcraft, obviously, because there are there are fictional witches, um, there's also a lot of, when you're searching for things, if you look up witchcraft, you'll find a lot of witch hunts, some of them literal, some of them just using the terminology to sort of talk about hunting, hunting out or seeking out or trying to sort of beat down a certain group. Um, so that... I guess I guess it's just like as a warning if if you want to look into this. Are there some of the things you'll hit on? Um, I did find I did find a lot of articles just talking about actual witchcraft as well, which was fun. Uh, from Go Mag, the cultural roadmap for city girls everywhere, which I have never heard of before to before this recording, uh, has an article called "Witchcrafts Have Always Been Queer as Fuck," only they use the abbreviation by Cameron Glover. Just sort of talking about how how witchcraft has has been queer, how there has been queer witches. Um, it's pretty it's pretty short. It's it's a short, sweet little article. Um, I'm trying to find. It has a really good quote about a quote for some queer witches, they may find that their witchcraft helps them to shape their identities as queer individuals. End quote. Just talking about sort of the connection between between basically your queerness and then your witchcraft your practice helping you sort of shape each other um i think specifically in this case they're talking based on the quote i just gave you there they specifically talk about witchcraft helping you shape your your personal identity which is fair i feel like it can go both ways i feel like you can use your identity to also shape your craft um i say as a person who still hasn't really explored it as as deeply as they should um but I like, I like the, the notes, and it sort of bleeds into the next article I have, uh, which is from Them, I've, who I've also not heard of before today, but they also sort of look like a magazine I might look into more. Uh, but by Lewis Wallace, trans and intersex witches are casting out the gender binary. And the I, article goes through, and it details um, a couple different people's, um, basically their their work with their identity and their work with witchcraft. Uh, it's kind of interesting because I know the first one starts with, uh, sorry, the interviewee Moira Gorey, uh had been it had been transitioning and had also been a practicing witch and sort of in in working through that uh, worked with one of one of their deities, um, which let me see real quick her deities her deities or I don't know if she has multiple deities or not, uh, but she worked with a deity who sort of brought up that she has to basically do the transition for it to go through because nobody else can do it for her Um, and that helped her a lot and just sort of working out where she was going because she was already working on that. Um, Another interviewee, try and get down there. Uh, I'm still here. Um, Ray, let me make sure this is who I think it is yeah raven uh caldera another interview also talks about um so i'm checking pronouns real quick so i don't misgender them he uh he he also talked about working with with goddesses um and yeah, we're with goddesses and working with both his 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 practice. Sorry, I think I'm I'm looking at the wrong person. Uh, there's also give me a sec. Okay, yeah, this is the one I want to talk about. Austin Smith uh, talked about. Sorry, <laughs> I need to I need to write a script. Obviously. That's the only way I talk reasonably. Um, There. Their own, um, he, sorry, they, not he, they. They talk about transitioning and how that helped them sort of unlock their craft and, like, be able to access and work with things, Um, which I I think is really cool. I think it, like I was, like I was attempting, sorry, I, I put those examples together so badly like I was attempting to show you can utilize it it can go back and forth it isn't you're out in one aspect and so it helps you in another it's basically they flow into each other your craft builds off of your identity your identity can help be formed by your craft you can come to a better understanding of yourself through both or through everything because I mean it's not it's not like there's just two things that build you into you Um, another article I found, which, um, (laughs) let me get it up. It's from Vice, um, and it's, oh no, it's not gonna, sorry, it doesn't, it wanted to clear out on me, and I've got to get it back up. This one I felt really bad about, because my initial, my initial assumption when I saw the title was, this is, this is not about witchcraft, and I was wrong. Uh, Queer Sex Magic, How to Do LGBT, sorry, LGBTQ Witchcraft in Bed. This one's by Tracy Duncan. Um, okay, so I saw queer sex magic when I was doing an initial search, and my immediate response was, this is a sex advice column. And I was so very wrong. It is actually about sex magic. Um, Again, I saw that in the little description because I read the article and was like, well, fuck me. Um, it's, it's a really good article. Um, it, it talks about about using sex magic and, like, using sex magic as a queer person. Um, the author talks about having, having trouble sort of accepting themselves and accepting their, their sexual practices because of being queer and sort of being, you know, raised to think a certain way about how sex is done. I did not realize until recently that, um, like I, I'd been vaguely aware, but not fully aware that sometimes queer people feel like they can't technically have sex because they can't do, um. They can't do or they don't perform sex the way it's really pushed as the correct way to have sex, the hetero hetero, heteronormative way of having sex. Um, which I did not realize because that's not something I've struggled with, which probably sounds dumb. Um that, that sounds like a dumb way to say it. Um because I've never thought about it because I always thought of sexual acts as that's not true and since, since I've thought about sex in a in a way I've always thought of sex I've, I'm I'm phrasing this badly I think about sexual acts as having sex it doesn't really matter what you're doing if it's sexual and you're doing it is a sexual act um but they they talk about it and they talk and they talked with uh, different witches about how to implement sex magic, essentially, and what they needed to do. Uh, there's a good discussion on doing sex magic with a partner or doing sex magic through masturbation. Uh, the author does go into a little bit of detail on exactly what they did. They built up an, an altar. Um, they started the ritual. They, they practiced sex magic through masturbation. Um, and then they regrounded. And moved on with their day, and their their focus with using sex magic was specifically to help not feel ashamed as a queer person for for wanting to have sex and wanting to um, be sexual with their body. Uh, I really did like the article. It was very clear. It was very nice. Uh, it's very sweet. Uh, I'm trying to think. If there's more that I wanted to talk about before I skipped over it. It's. So I'm trying to find it. It's it's very. There's a moment where that is just adorable. Where essentially, as they're they were closing out the ritual, they left their altar, and their cat immediately got into it and just knocked everything everywhere. Um, which, as someone who has to be very specific about where they put things, I can understand that. Uh, it it's a really it's really. This is going to sound shitty. It's a lot sweeter than I expected since my initial assumption was it was just sex advice and not actual sex magic. Um, started to look into another article about sex magic because it was talked about queer sex magic, but then it never actually talked about sex magic as a queer person, just sex magic in general. Um, So that was a bummer because I was hoping to have another article to discuss. But these three, they, they were fun. Uh, they were nice to look at. Um... I guess to loop back around since, uh, since, since it doesn't take me near as much time to just talk about articles as I thought it would. Um, I guess talking about personal plans uh, for queer queer magic. Um, I'm intending to make a few pride bracelets in in the next few weeks, hopefully before June ends. So I guess the point of this episode, the next week, uh, mostly I intend to make a couple bracelets and I want to imbue protection in them because, um, the queer community on its own, it can be very vulnerable, especially just depending on who you interact with. Cause some people do want to just fight you and be shitty. And I do, uh, just want to, I want to make a few little pride bracelets, something cute and simple, um, that to easily, you know, sort of show, I get first it's not sorry I'm definitely making a few for me I'm also making a few for friends Um, and I'm hoping to make enough that uh, assuming that I do make it to the pride event I'm hoping to go to uh, soon I can maybe pass a few out to people Uh, but just sort of like a little protection charm just 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 to, to try and spread a little warmth and protection into the world and to specific people to the wearers obviously um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that'll turn out well. I have actually a couple different ones. I'm going to make a couple of beads to make little pride flags. And then I bought some rainbow, uh, strings so I can crochet some little bracelets, which hopefully won't make me cry. Um, cause it's always finishing those that make me want to cry. So, um, I unfortunately don't have specific plans because at this point I know as I'm making them, I do want to put some intent into them, but I feel like when I'm done, I'll also do, a ritual just to imbue them, uh, because it is a little hard to focus for me at least uh, while I'm doing stuff, focus on the energy I'm putting it in, especially for something that's gonna take a little more figuring out how I'm going to do it. So uh, I guess I guess it's gonna be a two part a two part practice where I'll I'll try I'll imbue intent into it as I make them, and then I'll gather up what I have and just just imbue it a little bit more. Um, I guess I could have talked about this earlier. Um, I know we, I know we've talked extensively about being in the broom closet, being in the regular closet. I've seen a lot of all of differing opinions on whether or not it's okay to be in the closet, which is always shitty. I knew I used to know a guy that if you came out to him, he would out you to everyone he knew, which was kind of shitty. Um, he, he outed a mutual friend, uh, a few years before I knew either of them to his parents, which was a dangerous situation for him. Uh, he, when I was still testing different labels to sort of figure out what fit for me, outed me to a bunch of people, which did actually have the pleasant side effect of having, having a dude completely drop all interest in me. Um, but at the same time was kind of shitty cause it, it wasn't a label I later was comfortable with. Um, like which I guess I could talk about a little bit like as as far as labels go I don't think labels are super important so if you like if 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 you're if you're if you're stuck somewhere because you're not sure if you need to have a if you need to figure out your specific label or if you're trying to decide if it matters or not to you like that's a very personal thing I'm going to start with um personally I don't feel like labels are super important um I do feel more comfortable knowing who I'm attracted to and who I like, um, but I did, I went through, when I was very young, I, when, when I was very young and I had just learned that being gay was a thing because that was not something that had entered my education at any point until I was about 11, I very early on assumed I was straight because I came to a rather stupid conclusion that I couldn't be attracted to women because I didn't feel attraction to women the way I thought everyone must if they were attracted to women um I later I later assumed I must be asexual because I just didn't feel like I had sexual desire um which on that one I'm still not honestly sure if I'm if I'm not if I am ace or if I'm not ace um I'm also at a point where I'm not too worried about it um because I'll I'll figure it out or I won't and that'll just be my life um, and then for a while I assumed I was bisexual because of compulsory homo- heter- compulsory homosexuality. Goodness, what a world that would be. Compulsory heterosexuality. Um, because I, I came to accept I was attracted to women, but I assumed that because I thought I was attracted to men, I must be attracted to men. But I was only really attracted to men in the idea of, I guess I'm supposed to be. Um, so eventually coming to terms at about, oh my God, how old was I? Um, I know twenty-three for sure. So about twenty-two to twenty-three, I came to terms with the fact that I was definitely a lesbian. And even with that, that's I've only ever felt attraction or love for women. To be completely and totally honest, if if I fell in love with um somebody who is non binary or a gender, I would change my labels again because lesbian wouldn't fit if I was attracted to somebody other than women. Um on that one, I'm not too worried about it, which I I don't know how to how to phrase this. Um, I know a lot of people who freak. I don't know them personally. I've seen a lot of stories and articles about people who sort of freak out about if about what they should do with their personal labels if a partner essentially um, transitions or or comes out or comes to terms with being a different gender than what they thought they were initially. On a completely serious note i i know a lot of people who feel like again i don't sorry i don't know them personally i've seen a lot of things where people feel like they don't have to change their labels if they fall in love with somebody who's non-binary and that always fits so weirdly for me because i i always think about how their partner must feel if if they're not like if they're like bi or pan or anything because that's 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 being interested in more than one gender anyway but like a lot of people who feel like they should continue to assume they're a lesbian because they've always thought they were a lesbian and that's the identity they um, click with. Um, I don't don't know. It it doesn't sit right with me. If I fell in love with somebody who was not a woman, I would reevaluate my labels. I'd probably lean into um, either bisexual or queer. I'm not really sure because I really have only, only experienced interest in women to this point. Um, i I'm so sorry if this is really boring to people because I don't. I feel like I was trying to make a point with this, but I failed. No, I was just trying to bring up um, testing different labels because there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with testing a label out if you feel like it fits you, and then if you later go, you know, I think I'm wrong. I'm gonna go ahead and and let go of this. It's also perfectly fine to just just if 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 you want to pick an overlapping label, pick queer um, absolutely do something, uh, absolutely be like, I don't like labels. I don't want to label myself. I am what I am and I am who I am. That's also totally chill. Um, I'm not, I'm really not advocating for any sort of, any sort of branching out. I just want to, I personally would have felt better if somebody, I, somebody had told me when I was younger that it was okay to not really know, Or to not really be stuck on a label. Um, Because I lost a lot of sleep over the years on just not knowing who I was in a sense. Um, So yeah, I hope that helps anyone since it was a complete mess. So I I completely lost my train on thought. Because I wanted to just bring up, because I've seen a couple things where people go back and forth on whether or not as a queer person if you're safe, if you should stay in the closet or not. You don't owe anything to anyone. Uh, if you want to come out to people, if you want people to know your sexuality or um, your gender identity or anything else, um, absolutely feel free. Um, always, always try and be safe because there are people who are just awful. And there's a lot of situations where if you come out to somebody, it it can be dangerous. Um, I have a lot of family that I'll never intentionally come out to, but if they find out I'm gay, it's, it's fine because I'm an adult and I'm financially stable. And if, if they try shit, then they're, they're going to catch these hands. Um, but definitely don't feel like you have to put yourself in a dangerous situation, but also don't feel like you have to put yourself out there if you don't want to. If you want to, absolutely. If you don't want to, again, you don't owe anybody shit, Um, It's your life. You should get to live it the way you like. I'm, I'm trying to very casually at least put out there that I'm queer without having to tell everybody I meet. Um, But I'm also not too specifically worried about people not knowing I'm queer. Um, So like in, in situations where I'm not comfortable with discussing it, I don't I evade or I just bring up that I don't I'm not currently married or I don't have a boyfriend or whatever. Um so so stay safe and just just put yourself first in situations where it it could affect you or in situations where it could basically just any situation because it's it's your personal comfort and your personal desires over what whatever is going on. So a spooky story to end on, which if I had been smart, I would have remembered to look up queer ghost stories, um, which I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of their episodes because my attention span is just shit. Uh, but there is a queer, a queer ghost hunter group. I think they actually just called the queer ghost hunters. I might be wrong about that. They're on YouTube. Uh, they specifically seek out ghosts that they believe either are or could potentially be queer, um, they're, of, of what I've watched, they're, it's really nice. It's really nice. They've got a variety of, um, people with a variety of identities, um, in their crew. And they, from what I've seen, they, they handle ghost hunting well. <laughs> um, but I guess, I guess because I'm part of this story, it almost counts. Uh, when I was very very young like between six and eight um there there are some girls who would come and visit family who lived near my my house at the time who I would hang out with and one of them maybe both of them I know one of them more specifically than the other spent a lot of time convincing me that their um their family member's house that they were visiting was haunted um which is as children, this was very hard to investigate because it, it was it was usually summer. It'd sometimes be a different time of the year, but nobody ever wanted children in their house when I was growing up, which was miserable when you'd be outside for hours at a time. Um, but anyway, uh, a couple times we would go in just sort of one by one and try and see if we couldn't spot the ghost. Um, I don't remember a lot of distinctions about uh, about the ghost you told me about because I never we never I never had a story I'm still not sure um it was an actual ghost it's it it feels the older I get more and more like something somebody told me and so I sort of believed it but at the same time it's also not something I'll ever get a chance to really try and re-explore because we're no longer um we haven't been close in a very long time and I've never been close to their family. So it's not like I can be like, hey, can I just camp out at your house for like a day and see if you have ghosts? Um, I do remember it was a woman. That's the only thing I remember is there was a woman that they would see sometimes. Um, But essentially one time their their family went out for a few minutes to go to the store to get gas or I honestly don't know. They were not gone very long. Um So we... Went into the house one by one because we weren't supposed to be in the house at the same time and we weren't supposed to be in the house together. But essentially, like we'd go into the house to use the bathroom and things like that. So we'd all went in one at a time and just sort of looked around to see if we couldn't spot anything. And then if, if, uh, if they came back, I was the designated the designated liar to say that I had, I had or they had needed to use the bathroom because I was the best at lying. Because I could state things that were not true without cracking up. Um, I'm still very good at that. It's a habit I'm trying to break, at least slightly. Like, it's it's definitely a good skill. But it's something I need to not just default to when I panic. Um, but essentially, when I went in, I remember it always felt weird in their family member's house. Like, I don't know, it just... It was always very dark. I think they just had it very shuttered, and they didn't have a lot of lights on. And it just, it was built differently than than my house or any house I'd been in to that point. It also was probably a little bit, uh, it probably, I also probably had a weird feeling because we spent a lot of time talking about how it was haunted. Um, But I remember going in and just sort of feeling really odd the whole time I was in there, which... I, I guess I should be leaning more into it was probably haunted. But honestly, if, if you tell me a place is haunted, you let me get my anxiety up enough, and then you release me into it, I am a mess, and everything feels unnatural and unreal, regardless of if it is or isn't. Um, so... So I I have no real, real anything if, if this is real or not, but I remember being in there and it just feeling very odd and feeling very, very weird, not even wrong, just weird and going around. And I remember at one point out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw like a person, like a figure. And I remember turning and not seeing anything, which isn't unusual. Um... I should probably look into this at some point. I know there's I know there's things with your per- peripherals and your, your brain where if it can't fully process something or if it doesn't fully know what's going on, it'll fill in the blanks. And of course, being a six to eight-year-old wandering around in a stranger's house all alone and assuming there's going to be a ghost there, if I saw something out of the corner of my eye, my brain would have been like, Yep, yeah, that is exactly what you're looking for, child. Um, So that's the only time I remember seeing anything in the address. Um, That's also the only, like, significant time I remember being in the address. Like, I know I've been in the house more than once, but I spent a lot more time outside of the house, and I know I never spent the night there. I don't think I did. No, I didn't. Um, I'm going to lean very heavily on no, I didn't, because I think most of the slumber slumber parties happen at my house. Slumber parties. Um, But, uh... This this was kind of a shitty spooky story because it's uh it's just me trying to convince you all that I didn't see anything, Um, which with the peripherals, I, I feel like a lot of me leaning into that is I've my brain's never been good at connecting things correctly, especially out of the corner of my eye um when I used to work in a grocery store I'd very often see somebody on my peripheral greet them start to take care of them turn to actually look at them and they would not look at all like I had thought they'd looked based on like a glance um so anyway uh have a good summer keep your tits up and stay spooky